0: I'd just like to dive into the business model, um, how you started the business and get sort of into the details. So why don't you just jump in and tell us how you started the business?
1: Yeah. So, um, during COVID in 2020, um, I was a freshman in college and, uh, everything hit. And so I was looking for a summer job, something where I could just make some money and, uh, you know, everything shut down basically. And, uh, my cousin, who's now my business partner, he hit me up and he said, Hey, man, um, I'm going to Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, he had been doing door to door sales for pest control for, uh, I don't know, already seven years or so at the, at that point. And, uh, he pitched me on how much I could make if I was a hard worker and all that sort of stuff. So, um, I went out with him, we went out to Raleigh, we sold that summer. And then we sold one more the following year. And then we decided that we were tired of putting sales on for some other guy, making him rich. And we wanted to start our own. Um, so we had a couple of years of experience. The second year, we spent a lot of time being mentored by the, the business owner, um, and anyone in the industry we could to figure out more of the operations, chemicals, uh, software, all that sort of stuff. And then, uh, yeah, the following year in 2021, at the very end of that year, we, we paired up and we started our own deal. Um, kind of on our home turf a little bit closer to home because we're from, we're from Colorado and going out to North Carolina each year was a little bit of a drive. <laughs> Where did you start? Um, so we started our, our own company in uh, Grand Junction, Colorado. So a little bit smaller market. Uh, we were used to selling out in Raleigh. He had previous experience in Chicago and Des Moines um, and some bigger areas. Um, and, uh, our business model, what we've decided on is smaller markets. There's just less competition. A lot of the big guys, the big door to door companies, they aren't there. So, uh, just simply because of that, our attrition rates are a little bit slower, uh, lower and the growth has been quite a bit faster. So we're, um, planning on kind of sprawling out through all the small towns in Colorado, um, kind of avoiding Denver for now. Uh, eventually we'll get there, but we're kind of hitting the small ones first and dominating those and then uh, getting the cash flow up so we can go and compete with those those mega companies in the big cities. And that's purely because
0: there's already well-established pest control companies in Denver.
1: Right. And and there are companies everywhere and we could compete in in a big market. There's so many people that you know, we could carve out enough to make a living. Um, but. We just decided why, why go and battle the big guys when in Junction there was really only one other company that, that had true operations. Other than that, it was just some small mom and pop shops, single operators. And, uh, we're, we're not trying to put those guys out of business. There's plenty of people there for everyone as well. Um, but there was just so much underserved market that it was just a a much easier opportunity for us to get into.
0: Okay. Can you take us through the revenue model of the pest control business?
1: Yeah. So what we're doing, um, we do offer one time services if that's what a customer truly needs and if that's what they really want. Uh, but 90% of our revenue is recurring. Um, typically we're selling a, a one year contract to start, uh, of quarterly services. So we come out and actually service the property once every three months um we do break it down into a monthly bill uh make it a little bit easier for budgeting for the customer uh easier for us to keep on keep up on the bills and smooth out cash flow so it's not so lumpy um so typically a normal um house you know three bed two bath 1500 square feet or so usually we're going to charge roughly 40 42 bucks a month um so it's 100 125 a quarter that we come out um, now we do offer free reservices anytime in between Um, Just allows us to add more value and guarantee that the customer is taken care of, Um, but they're guaranteed the four services every year and uh, after their one year contract, most people stick on and then we just kind of roll month to month, quarter to quarter um, and our cancellation rate is pretty low and we like that keeps um, it's really easy to project our future earnings our future revenue because it's it's all recurring We, we do have Uh, one-time bed bug jobs or, you know, uh, an apartment complex or a housing authority that'll call in for a one-time. But for the most part, we try to keep everything as as much recurring as we can. That's awesome.
0: I love the recurring revenue model. And I've been following you on Twitter or X or whatever the heck we're supposed to call it now. (laughs) And I've really enjoyed uh, what you're putting out and have been really interested to fear the breakdown of this model it sounds like you know i've seen a couple people engaging with you looking at this as as an add-on service so did i do the math right that you're charging 126 bucks each quarter
1: yeah yep right in there um obviously some homes are smaller some are really big or our commercial pricing is a little bit different typically for commercial units um like restaurants we do try to do a monthly service um, typically for residential, a monthly service is going to be overkill. So we're not going to overcharge someone, but for a restaurant or a commercial unit that has a ton of traffic and did, bringing in food and boxes and stuff, they typically do need that. So oftentimes we will charge uh, somewhere between a hundred and 150 bucks every month and, and come on a monthly schedule for that.
0: That's great. And is it a per square foot price that you. Break it down on your on your unit pricing model, or how do you do
1: that? Yeah, we do. Um, so in our our handbook for our office person, when someone calls in, uh, yeah, we've we've got it broken down. It's not necessarily you know like a dollar per square foot or you know fifty cents a square foot or anything like that, but we do have it broken down into different categories where she just looks, and if it's within this range, then she charges that price. So it's fair for every customer. We don't uh, play the game like uh, sometimes you know, the, the sleazy salesman, they'll, they'll listen in and say, well, it sounds like this single mom really needs it. So for you, it's going to be 300. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we don't do that. It's fair for everyone. Um, if you call in, you you can guarantee you're getting the same price as your neighbor.
0: Okay. So 126 bucks a quarter on that. Can you just take us through, uh, sort of the breakdown of, of some of your margins and how, um, like, how long does it take your team to fulfill that?
1: Yeah. So, um, our techs, because we do offer free reservices and those can pop up at any point, um, we can't book their schedule completely full. Uh, so, typically, what we're looking at, we try to aim for about 15 jobs a day. And then when reservices come in, um, it'll top out at 20 at most. Um, so, that's about 30 minutes per job. Um, throughout the day, so they can they can get two jobs done every hour. Um, and they're just paid on a flat salary. Some companies will do a production pay, some do salary, some do hourly. Um, we want to make sure our guys are taken care of even if things do get a little bit slow. so they get a salary the whole time. And then after that, um, they do get certain bonuses um, for reviews. Uh, if they do have over a certain number of uh, services in a given time, and uh, for sales commission and stuff like that um, and then honestly a lot of people don't realize that the chemicals are pretty cheap the breakdown on that um, just it's, it's a few bucks a service and then we've got our overhead technology insurance rent uh, workers comp that sort of stuff um, if we're keeping our guys real good and busy uh, typically we can keep margins anywhere between about 40 and 50% um, If they're not jam packed, then, then those will kind of get to the low thirties, but we, we try to not let it slip below 30%. And how big is your team right now? Uh, so right now, um, it is me, my business partner. Um, we've got two technicians. We are in the process of hiring a third, and then we do just have one, um, office receptionist
0: okay so two technicians in the process of hiring a third you and your business partner and then your office manager what roles well real quick for the audience how old are you
1: um so i am a bit of a younger guy obviously um i am 24.
0: awesome that's great i feel like uh the last several guests i've had are right in that 23 24 range and it just excites me so much to see you guys out there hustling like building something from the ground up. You know, I get it all the time. Even at my age, I'm 32. Um, a lot of the builders I work with and the contractors are, you know, always saying, all oh, the millennials in Gen Z don't wanna work. And my goal on this podcast, like two things. One, I wanna showcase people out there that there's people like you who are willing to get out there and bust it and build something from the ground up. And we haven't lost that backbone as Americans. Um, right. And then two, for our listeners, I want this to be the last podcast they ever listen to. I think we are in a, uh, time where people just consume so much content and they don't take action. And so that's why I'm having you on this podcast. You're obviously somebody who has taken action. So the goal, if you're listening to this is like, I want these episodes to be the last podcast you ever listen to before you go take action and start your own. So Casey, Take us back, you've got a business partner, you've got three technicians right now, you've got an office manager. Take us back to coming out of the sales process on the East Coast. You're starting your business. How did you build the team from the beginning?
1: Yeah, so, um- starting a company is kind of like um becoming an adult when you're a kid you think like all the adults have it all figured out they know exactly what's going on and you know oh they've been there done that they're so wise and then you know you get to be 20 some years old probably 30 and sometimes you're like i i have no idea what i'm doing like i i, I still gotta ask my parents questions all the time <laughs> um and starting a business was was the same exact way um you just have to go into it confidently and uh just learn along the way because every single day we're like we have no idea what we're doing we hope that we come across as professional and we hope that people think that we're a legitimate enterprise um so starting off um we we've we don't like debt we've heard too many horror stories of guys taking out huge loans and then things go really good for a while and then you know everybody lost everything in 2008 so we try to keep it as lean as we can Um, so starting off my business partner i did a lot of the work and then we had, uh, I had a friend from college who was already in the pest control game as a technician. So we poached him and he started spraying that first summer for us. So we started off doing all the sales, knocking the doors. Um, I have a degree in finance, so I was doing all the accounting. Um, we ran some simple Google ads, uh, some Facebook ads, just tried to test out what we were doing. Um, and then I was also the office person took all the phone calls and did all that. So in the beginning, yeah, we were just working like madmen, just getting it off the ground. If someone called in and had an emergency and and our one technician was off for the day, either me or my business partner, we'd head out the door and, you know, up early, up late, get it done. And so we just did every single thing ourselves for the whole first year until we had enough revenue coming in to justify starting to hire out and delegate and get some of the other pieces uh, put in place.
0: At what point did you hire your first role?
1: So our first technician we hired right away. Um, cause we had the background in door to door sales. We knew that we could probably put on, um, anywhere from two to 400,000 in revenue the first year, um, just from us knocking doors, depending on how much we could dedicate to knocking. Um, and so we started off right away, um, hired our, our first tech, um, Kind of the very first day that that we were knocking so that we could just focus on that and then he was just a seasonal guy um it was just in between semesters for him at college so he just did that first summer as soon as he went back to college then he went ahead and stopped and uh that's when we we sprayed our own accounts the whole first winter no office person that first winter was was just us so um and then when the next march rolled around i guess that was just this this march actually um then we hired uh the technician and an office person right away. And then about a month later, we hired our second tech.
0: Were you hiring before revenue?
1: Yeah, that, that first one we were, um, we, we knew that we were capable of bringing in the revenue. Um, and we knew that, you know, the, we, we service year round, there are bugs year round, but the prime time to sell is really kind of April through August. And we didn't want to waste time where we were burning ourselves out spraying and knocking until we had enough revenue. So, uh, yeah, we brought him on right away. We started knocking doors the first day, and the second day he was out there spraying, bringing in bringing in the revenue. Um, and with us doing everything, our margins were even better, and we were still cash flow positive right away, um, even though we hired kind of pre revenue.
0: Did you and your partner pay yourself right out the gate?
1: Uh, we did not. So we are an S corp. So with that, we have to pay ourselves a salary and then any additional distributions throughout the year, we can take those, um, at whatever schedule we decide. But the first, um, four months we didn't take a dime. And then after that, we did start taking a very small salary. Um, and then it was, uh, about six months in before we took kind of our first substantial distribution. Um, so it was a little bit touch and go in the beginning. Um, we we did have to have some savings saved up. If we wanted, we could have paid ourselves a little bit more, but again, we we wanted to have some buffer in the bank account and we wanted to grow that up a little bit before we started taking money out.
0: Yeah, this is a question I get a lot and I actually just did a post this morning on X about like, reinvesting your profits back into the business you know it's it's funny like i had a friend who wanted to start a business and you know they immediately think you can quit your corporate job and you can go back to making you know your six-figure salary and it's just not the case if you're going to start your own business um sure you're building equity back in your business by reinvesting the profits but um, you know i i feel like the discipline that you and your partner have had is likely what has led you into a successful second year. Um, In the early days, how much revenue did you guys generate out of that first door knocking season?
1: Um, So at the end of the first year, um, we, we had only generated about 180,000 in that first nine months. Um, now we had contracts that were still good, um, that had you know, anywhere from like three to nine months left on them. So our, our future guaranteed revenue, we had generated closer to, um, I think 350,000 or so. Um, but, uh, yeah, the first, that first calendar year was less than 200,000. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's, that it was, it was not a ton that first year.
0: (laughs) Well, the nice thing about it is that you were generating revenue in the short term but you were also landing longer term recurring revenue contracts correct
1: right and so yeah the the first year i mean we we did fine we were able to pay ourselves pay our bills and stuff and then yeah the second year uh we went out sold again and so it's just doubled up we didn't have very many council from the first year and so Currently, what our projected revenue for next year is, it's right at a half million, and that's about where we'll be um, finishing up this year. And then we've got a much larger door-to-door team this year, so it'll still be my business partner and I. And then we've got about a dozen others uh, that have signed contracts that are ready to knock doors with us. And uh, with who we have in place, we're looking to add uh, double it again. We're looking to add about uh, another half million in revenue this year.
0: Oh, that's amazing! So you guys have figured out the process, and you probably uh, learned this at your last company, like how to structure deals with door knocking reps. Correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. And uh, the the door to door industry is huge. Um, I I did the a lot of the posts on X about it. When people think about it in the past, you know, it's the sketchy Kirby vacuum sales, or you know, guys coming and selling meat at your door, or magazines. Um, Nowadays, it's really clean cut. Big companies like Vivint and Active and and uh, a bunch of these guys—they send out really good door knockers that are ethical and honest, and they have a great product. Um, and the these door to door guys—they they can make a ton. There's guys making over a million dollars a year knocking for five six months.
0: Um,
1: and so with that, yeah, it's it's a big industry. There's a lot of different ways to structure deals. Um, we've got a good mix of what we've signed this year: a couple veterans and a couple rookies. Um, and so we're pretty confident that, that between all of us we will pretty easily be able to add right around a half million in, in the next, next year. Are you knocking still? Personally? Um, so we, we finished knocking last, last door I knocked was August 31st. And then, um, I've just been focusing on, on the company since then. Um, next year we're not planning my business partner and I are not planning on putting in a full, uh, summer. We'll probably knock a little bit to fill in the gaps, make sure guys are staying busy, um, but definitely not trying to put on another 200 K revenue personally, um, we'll, we'll leave that to the, the other guys and we'll focus on working, you know, more on the business than in the business.
0: Okay. Two things, two parts of this question, as it relates to hiring door to door sales reps, one, how is that structure set up between you, the company and the sales rep when it comes to payment slash incentive structure. And then, um, well, let's start there. Let's start there so we don't get too far ahead.
1: Yeah, Um, so as far as payment, um, typically what we're starting rookies at, um, a lot of companies will start lower, like 25% commission. Um, We have to be competitive. So we're starting our guys at 32%. Um, So that means every contract that they sell um, you know, 125 a quarter is roughly $500 a year, so they would get 32% of that, uh, which is, you know, 180 bucks or so. Um, so how that works is every time a customer pays us, we pay them. So if they sell a customer and they get serviced in May, then um, we do pay out their initial the next week. And then the customer's first monthly bill will roll in in June and all the payments in june we bundle those and the rep gets paid out in july and then all of the july payments we pay out in august so there's just a one month delay but um that way every month that the customer gets billed the rep gets paid out that way we don't end up getting screwed on a bunch of cancellations and you know we don't overpay a rep or any problems like that it's really simple every time the customer pays the rep gets paid um so that's what what it works out as um and then if they do over Um, a hundred thousand in revenue. If a rep comes in from a different market to ours, and they've been paying rent all summer, we have rent forgiveness. We'll go ahead and and give them a check for all their rent for the summer. Um, there's different little incentives that we'll have for, you know, $200 to Nike or a set of golf clubs or, um, you know, a Yeti cooler. Um, I'm not quite sure what the incentive list is this year. If a rep sells over like 125,000 in revenue, then they get to go on our company trip. Um, I think we're going to Mexico this year and then over 250,000 revenue, we'll go our elite trip and, uh, we'll, we'll talk to the reps and see if they want to go to Hawaii or Europe or, you know, somewhere a little bit more exclusive and fun. Um, so we've got that all set up now, uh, a top rep, a guy with probably two years experience is looking at more 45 to 50% commission. And then some of those veterans, um, that have been in the game for four or five years, a lot of those guys are going to get paid 65 to 75 percent of revenue that first year how do you recruit these reps um various different ways the best way um finding young hungry college kids so we will call up a local campus uh well not local just any campus we'll we'll be in various states trying to recruit this year and uh we just see if we can set up a table say that we're hiring um they'll give us a time and a date when we can be there we show up with a tablecloth and a big banner and some candy and gatorades and uh, we just talk to as many kids as we can Um, a lot of them are very familiar with door-to-door a lot of their friends are doing it Um, and so we just give them the offer let them know what we're what they can expect um, get their information down and keep in contact with them and then try to get them out to sell with us Um, so college campuses is the number one place And then we're also running a job ad on indeed for anybody local to us. Um, and then, uh, anybody that does sign up, we push hard to to get their friends to come out because it's a lot more fun to sell with your friends, your family, people that, you know, be competitive with them. And so if they bring them out, we do give them an override commission where they're going to make a few bucks off their friend as well. We don't take anything from the friend, but yeah, we just give an additional commission to the, the recruiter.
0: How has indeed been working for you
1: um it's it's hit and miss um for the most part for for technicians and office people it's been great um we get really high quality people that that apply for door-to-door um we don't get the highest quality sometimes we do have to weed through those a lot more because we don't want We don't want just anyone knocking on people's door. You know, that's representing our company. That's a lot of people's first contact with us. And so, uh, we do have to weed through those a little bit more and find people that are, that are qualified. Um, so we get a ton of applicants, um, and, and we do have to be a little bit more diligent in the hiring process on those ones because, um, we, we get a lot of not the cream of the crop on those ones.
0: Is that how you found your office manager? That is
1: yeah. Um, and the office manager had actually previously worked for our big competition in town. And so she was already well-trained in pest control. A lot of the systems and procedures, um, they just kind of had a falling out. She didn't agree with some of their policies and some of their ethics. Um, and so she quit for them and at the same time we were hiring. And so she came on for us and it's, it's been great. Um, and then, uh, yeah, both of our technicians were were from Indeed as well. And then the technician that we're currently hiring, that is the brother of one of our other technicians. So it's it's worked out really well.
0: Yeah, I can't remember who I was having a conversation with recently, but when people start recruiting family members, you know you've got something good going.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he said, hey, if, you, uh, if you're looking for someone, my brother is looking for a job. He's just like me. He's he's a go-getter. Um, if you don't hire him, though, he said, I've got a, a few other friends in mind that, that I think would be great for this job. And uh, he, he loves the job. We, we pay above market. And uh, we have really nice hours. Our guys work four days a week. 10-hour shifts. So they get a three-day weekend every time. They love that. So we're building a culture that people want to be a part of, and it's just starting to feed itself, um, which is really nice to see. That's really interesting. I'll be excited to
0: hear more how that 410 schedule works out for you, because I was just talking with our lead operator here going into our next busy season, asking him about, you know, what changes do you want to make? And, He's going to be leading the field crew and one thing he said was you know i think something that's really attractive for recruiting really good operators is working a 410 schedule and giving them a three-day weekend i mean we live in the mountains of colorado here Mm -hmm. people as much as you want to think they do as a business owner like they don't care about spraying your homes like you do They, they don't care about digging the foundations like i do they They want to move here because they enjoy the outdoor activities. And so um, that is something that we're going to try next year is going to a 410 schedule for our valley field crew. We've got a federal project going on that will have to be on their schedule for one of our crews. But yeah, I'll be interested to stay in touch with you on that. And we can share how it's working out because I think in order to get good talent and people who are going to show up and do what they say they're going to do, we've got to get creative as millennials and gen z business owners and sort of tailor to the new wave of uh people who are out the field
1: yeah it's something that i would i would definitely recommend every company look into um our guys have a lot more energy they're excited i mean they have a full extra day off they're happy to stick around a couple extra hours monday through thursday or we do have a tech that is wednesday through saturday um just so we cover the whole week as well and his wife was off Monday. So it worked, off perfect, worked out perfect. And, uh, yeah, I would recommend it. Um, it's not that that they're, they're lazy or anything, but you know, they just want as much full time off as they can get. And, uh, they're willing to go the extra mile on the days that they're on because the days that they're off, they're totally off. And, and it's, it's nice. So I would recommend it to any business owner that that's in an industry that can work it. I think most are.
0: And you mentioned earlier, For the technicians, you're paying them a set salary. Is that correct? Yeah. And no additional incentives for completions
1: or they they do have uh so they do get a commission on sales if they're service in one house and the neighbor comes over and asks how much to do theirs and they sell them on a contract, they do get commission there. And then one of their biggest bonuses is Google reviews. Um, so Google has a policy where you can't pay a customer to leave a review, but we can pay our technician if a customer does. So they each have a, a business card. Um, They've got a bunch of business cards that say tip a tech on, on the house, basically. And it has a QR code that goes to our Google page. So after every uh, completed service, they go up, make sure it was up to expectations, see if there was anything else they could do for the customer. If they get the all clear, they leave them that. And they say, hey, my boss gives me an extra $10. Um, it's a way that you can tip me without getting your wallet out um, if, if you just leave a five star review on Google. And, uh, yeah, one of our technicians, you know, during the busy season, he was bringing in 20 or 30 of those a month. Um, so that's an extra two, 300 bucks, um, on top of his salary. And, uh, so they love it. They're pushing hard for reviews. And because of that, um, we've been in operation 18 months now, and we're the number one rated on the Western slope. So it's, it's a good incentive for, for everyone. That's incredible. What is your website? It is kingpests.com. Pests is plural. So yeah, yeah, the, our, our, our big, right now. yeah, our big competition, they've been over there for um, 11 months. They actually acquired another company to start. So they had a big head start and then they had 12 years to get ahead of us. And in the last 18 months, yeah, if you look us up on Google, we are, we're, we're ahead of them by about 70 reviews now. And next year, we're just going to pull away even further. Um, so it's a great way to incentivize techs to bring in those reviews. Customers feel like they're helping out cause they get to leave a $10 tip and it doesn't cost them anything. And to be honest, as a business owner, a five star review is worth way more than $10. Um, so we've, we've been growing organically just through all the the Google reviews coming in and people will people, they say, Hey, I, I want, I want Jasper. I see Jasper has all those reviews. Can you send him out? We're like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. We'll send him out. And, uh, so then it just builds that, that culture, that community where people feel like they're talking to real people rather than just, you know, a big corporation.
0: Wow, this is awesome! You are building a great business. So, number one on Google, how much would you say? Like, how many of your leads? What percentage come through online at this point?
1: Um, so, during the summer, um, it is still a good number, but it's it's like eighty percent door to door, just because we're we're out there talking to people and and you know forcing those leads and forcing those sales. Um, During the winter time right now, um, it's about 50, 50 organic versus paid. Um, we run Google ads, Facebook ads, Google LSA, um, and about 50% of our leads just come through our website on our, on our contact form, um, of just referral or, you know, heard about us, just, just looking us up and not having to actually click on ads cost us any money. So it's, it's been a good
0: mix. How much are you spending monthly on marketing
1: at this point? Um, right now, um, oh, and I, I forgot we're on the radio as well. We're going to cancel that soon. Um, I, have, I, I don't know that, uh, we would recommend that, um, it has not been great for us, um, with the radio included right now. Um, we are at about 22 to $2,500 a month in marketing. Um, once we cut the radio out though, that'll, that'll be less than 2000 a month. And then we'll ramp it up for busy season next year again, but um, we try to keep it at somewhere between, you know, maybe 3% of revenue or so.
0: There you go. 3% of revenue for the marketing budget. And that's including LSA, Google ads, Facebook ads.
1: Yeah, pretty much everything. We don't do yard signs or door hangers or anything like that. Um, We've been mostly just digital. Um, and we're focused on branding as an eco-friendly company. And so part of that is, you know, uh, no paper, paperless, keep everything on email, digital ads, all that sort of stuff. And a lot of customers, um, that like the eco-friendly branding, they really appreciate that aspect as well. So it's just being consistent in your branding is something that you have to keep in mind as well. Mm, okay.
0: Interesting. I feel like you guys could crush it with door hangers and and yard signs, but I won't interject my opinion here. <laughs>
1: And that's something that we may, uh, do in the future for sure. The yard signs, the door hangers are, you know, labor intensive and I've hung door hangers before for another company. And you know, it's, it's hard. You can only do a couple hundred every hour and, and it's, it's good. But I think that if we do go that route, the yard signs will be much more up our alley.
0: So how many doors, like whenever your guys are knocking or whenever you're knocking, so let's say you knock a hundred doors. How many people don't answer those doors?
1: Um, that's a good question. Um, uh, a decent number, um, especially during the time of day. So prime time is like five to 9 PM when people are home from work, obviously that's when you're going to get most of your answers, but we'll go and knock during the day as well, just to catch the night crew and, uh, older people that go to bed early and that sort of stuff. Um, depending on the day, we might have 50% not answer. Um, but then once we kind of get done with the neighborhood, we'll just loop back through. We've got software that tracks all the doors that we've knocked, whether they said yes, no, didn't answer, maybe whatever information. And so we'll loop back later in the day and hit all those people that didn't answer and and try to catch them. So once I'm done with the neighborhood, you know, I've talked to 90 plus percent of all the the people in the neighborhood.
0: Got it. Yeah. I was just going to say that could be a way to double up on your marketing is just send your guys send your sales reps with door hangers and every door that doesn't answer can leave a door hanger on there, but you've got the business dialed in. My head just always goes to ideas. So like I said, I'm not here to interject my opinion. I'm here to learn from you. And so, um, man, you've built a great business here. Um, one thing I was going to ask you on the door to door sales techniques, I did this, I worked for Vivint, I I knocked for Vivint. Um, uh, the summer after college, and looking back on it, I don't believe I approached it with the correct mindset. Are you familiar with the concept of lead measures versus lag measures? Uh,
1: no, that's that's not. No, I'm not, unfortunately.
0: Okay, so it's all about just setting goals, and like how you frame the goals. So lag measures are, hey, I'm gonna go set a goal to sell ten accounts today, okay. versus setting a lead measure goal of hey, I'm going to go knock a hundred doors and completely disregarding the outcome. I'm committing to the action versus the outcome. And so how do you frame the mindset for your sales reps? Like what are some metrics that you use to send them out each day with?
1: Um, Really what I found out early on is I, I do just feel like it's a numbers game. Like you said, you just have to knock the doors. And so we just let them know straight up kind of when we're hiring them, we, we don't sugarcoat it. We say, Hey, this is really hard. And it kind of sucks a lot of the time. Um, if you work hard, you can make a lot of money. If you don't work hard, you won't make anything. And then it's just, it's just numbers. If you get out early, get out at noon and you knock till 9 PM, you're going to find people that are going to sign up. Um, and, and just telling them like, a lot of guys will kind of sugarcoat it and be like, "Oh, it's awesome! Like you, you, there's no, there's no better high than getting that sale, and it's awesome!" And yeah, and I just tell them like, "Hey, personally, I actually don't love knocking doors. It's not my favorite thing. It's the golden handcuffs. I keep getting roped in summer after summer because the money's good. And once they figure it out, then it works out. But um, it's hard, and it kind of sucks. And a lot of days you're gonna just wish that you had a normal job, and you're not gonna want to do it. Um, so you just have to keep going after it if you." And then and then once you finally do get get that first sale of the day, then roll off of that and tell the neighbors, hey, Janet just signed up, you know we're gonna be here tomorrow. And then you can get the momentum rolling, and then it does start to feel better. but you have to start over the next day and you just have to work hard, put the time in, and keep a positive attitude because the number one thing that's gonna kill your sales is is a bad attitude. Whether you've got zero sales or even if the guy has two hundred and fifty sales on the summer, and then he's like, man, I'm tired. As soon as he kind of throws the towel in, it's over. It doesn't matter how many doors he hits. So you just have to keep a positive attitude, keep getting after it and just believe that the next door is, is a sale and just going after it that way. Do you have any sort of data to support how many
0: doors knocked equates to a sale?
1: Um, I do, I could pull it up here real quick. Um, I know that let's see.
0: Like is it a hundred, two hundred, fifty?
1: Yeah. Um. So last year in total, we knocked roughly, um, ten thousand doors, and we had six hundred sales. Let's see here. Where'd you go? There you are. Um. So what is that? Six 6%? six percent? Yeah, six percent conversion rate all right yeah so so six out of every 100 doors was a sale um so if we not and that was kind of company i was company wide um and so if you take some of the rookies and stuff out of there the the numbers get a little bit better um my my business partner and i were probably closer to about every every at 10 sales in 100 doors or so um but yeah that's that's where we were as a company
0: see i think if i would have had that data back in the day Hey, all you gotta do is go knock a hundred doors, just commit to knocking the hundred doors, the data tells us that you're going to sell 6% of those or six out of every hundred doors.
1: Right. That's- and uh, sorry, okay. cut you off. Yeah. Every, uh, every rookie sales rep that I've trained, you know, if they're about 32%, I let them know, Hey, that's one sale equals around 180 bucks. If you were working a minimum wage job this summer, you'd work a full day. Colorado's is about 13 bucks an hour. You know, you're going to make like $120 a day or so you need one sale. If you go work for eight hours, you're going to find one person. That's a laid out that says, oh, we were thinking of calling someone or, oh, how much, oh, that's great. Yeah. Just sign us up. You're, you're going to find at least one person. And if you do one person every day, you're going to make like 20 K during the summer, just, a, just, just finding one person a day. And so, yeah, the numbers back it up that if a kid is working hard. Yeah. He's going to make 20 to 40 K or average rep last year. Rookie made 28,000 in, in about four or five months. Um, and so, yeah, kind of putting that data in front of him does help for sure. And just letting them know, like, it's, it's not something I'm doing. That's magical. It's not something that, that you have to be a seven year veteran before you figure it out. Just put in the time, knock a hundred doors, maybe knock 200 doors before you get your first sale, but, but you got to figure it out and then the, the money will come in.
0: Man, this is awesome. And this is one thing um, that's, that I believe to be true. It doesn't matter what business you're starting. If you just go talk to customers in your local market, you're going to get jobs out of this eventually, but not to put you on the spot, are you willing to just do a quick door knock with me right now and just share with people what you say whenever you knock on the door?
1: Yeah, for sure. Cool. Yeah, just knock, knock, knock. Hello? Hey man, how's it going? Good. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, sorry to bug you. Um, I'll be super quick. My name's Casey. I'm just the bug guy here in the area. Um, we're just dropping through tomorrow. We're taking care of a couple of your neighbors. Uh, they've been getting a few spiders, a few ants, and then the wasps with the warm weather. Um, so since my guys here on the street, we've got a few open spots around him. Um, we're actually doing a big community group rate where if i can get you done with the neighbors tomorrow we're actually doing our, our initial service at a little over half off our normal price. So what, what what do you mean? Uh yeah, so what we're we're doing for the neighbors um you know getting a few bugs so we're we're pest control I'm with king pest what we're doing is we're coming out we'll give a full inspection for you um we'll treat exterior for sure knock down some of your cobwebs and wasp nests um have you been like the neighbors are you guys seeing more ants or spiders or is it the wasps you guys have seen most this summer
0: oh pest control yeah yeah i mean my wife's just been on me about all the spiders in the house like she's just asking how how do we take care of these
1: oh yeah for sure i mean that's that's what we do that's what the neighbors have been seeing you you and your wife you're not dirty or anything you're not the only one seeing them um, so yeah, what we'll do for you on the interior when our technician gets here He'll for sure treat kind of kitchen bathroom and garage those moisture points are where you're gonna see most of the bugs So we'll hit those and un- any other areas where you've been seeing some activity And then like I said exterior we're gonna treat the full foundation three feet up three feet out around the whole perimeter of the home uh, we will knock down all your cobwebs and wasp mess up to 30 feet high. That's going to take care of all of those uh, nests keep the spiders down And then we do treat just a touch in the front and backyard for you. Um, so with that, like I said, tomorrow, if we can get you done, it is going to be a little over half off our normal price. And how much is that going to be? Uh, good question. Are you guys like the neighbors you guys sitting around 1500 square feet or so? Uh,
0: we've got like, uh, I think 1800.
1: Okay, perfect. Just a tad bigger. Well, um, yeah, on this size of home, if you were to phone us in, um, typically it would run more like 189 tomorrow. Uh, Since our guy's going to be right on the street, we are bringing that down to just 89 bucks. Um, And then after that, what we do to guarantee our work and guarantee that that any eggs don't hatch in the future, nothing pops back up. What we're doing for the neighbors is just our quarterly maintenance plan, where we'll actually come back quarterly just once every season. Um, And uh, we do come back for free in between those visits. So we come once every four months, we'll break that down to a monthly bill for you. It's real cheap. It's just going to be about 40 bucks a month for you. Um, so I've got a couple spots tomorrow. Um, I've got an 11 AM or a 3 PM. Do you know which one of those works best for you? Uh, yeah. 3 PM is better. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah, well our tech, his name is Jasper. I'll go ahead and get a little bit of information from you. I can go ahead and get you booked down and then I would just go ahead and get their personal info, um, show them the contract. We show them the contract right there so that it's not just me being super brief and locking them into it. We read them through it. We get them signed at the bottom. And then we'll see. Perfect. I'll get you booked for tomorrow at three. Um, are you going to be putting this on a debit or credit? I'll uh, credit and then I'll get the card right there while we're there. And then next day, our guy swings by at 3 p.m. and gets them taken care of.
0: Sweet. There you have it. There's the door to door clinic right there. So, talking payment, let's jump back into the business side right now. What platform do you use to accept payment in the pest control uh, business?
1: So, through our CRM, um, it's, it's got that built into it. Um, we use pest routes or field routes. It's a service Titan company. So I'm not honestly sure what payment processor they use. It might be Stripe. Um, but yeah, we just take it down right there. We can get card info in and then, um, it's saved on file for recurring payments. So we didn't have to go and vendor shop or do any of that. Um, we just picked our, our CRM and that was the one that, that worked best with us um and so it's been a super simple super smooth process and we don't ever have any any problems with customer payments
0: cool how do you guys like it so far field routes it looks like it's i just looked it up it's a service titan company you mentioned that
1: yeah um it's been good that's what um our last company used so we were familiar with it a lot of the big companies used the same one And so it'll be super easy if we decide to acquire a company or if we decide to be acquired someday It's a lot easier to to just pull that CRM right into their database if they're using the same one Um, and then yeah, it's got pretty much all of the features we want There is one that's missing that that we keep telling them about and I, I don't know how they don't get it figured out But um, yeah, we're not really looking to switch CRMs. We've been really happy with it um, it's super user-friendly, um, our office people and technicians can pick it up really quickly. So, um, it's, it's not been a hassle at all. Sweet.
0: Yeah. This is actually the first time I've heard of this one. We use Jobber, but, um, I've obviously heard of service, service Titan. Anyways, uh, looks like I'm on their website right now. Looks like it could be good fit for obviously pest control, um, pull care, lawn care. And then, um, uh, looks like they're kind of tailored towards like smaller to, to middle market, right?
1: So um, the the big companies, like you said, you work for Vivint. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Active. Um, some of the big pest companies are Active, Moxie, Hawk. Some of those, and they all use the the same platform as well. They all use uh, Field routes. So it it works for for huge enterprises as well. Active is going to be a publicly traded company. They say in the next eighteen months or so. Um, so it can be for a one man crew or it can be for for the big dogs as well it scales really well sweet all
0: right so you mentioned if you acquire a company i want to hear about your goals with this business what's the what's the vision for this thing
1: uh we want to be a a regional company um i i've got big desires but i'll be honest i don't want to take over the world uh for the guys that want to have a national company good for them Um, I'm not looking to, to work like a dog for, you know, 60 years. Eventually I want to retire. Hopefully I retire early. So we're looking to be regional. We'd like to be in all of Colorado, uh, Kansas, Oklahoma, and New Mexico. That's kind of what we're looking at. We like those markets that close to home. And, uh, if we can get into those, then we would be happy with running it, cash flowing it for, for a long time. And then, you know, eventually selling it when, when the time came. Um, but we'd like to be bigger than than just a local company and bigger than just Colorado. Um, so we're looking to get into a few States, but you know, the, the next five to 10 years, we should be able to, to realize that plan. And, uh, at that point, cash flow live, live life a little bit. And then, uh, yeah, eventually sell it. Cause you know, I'd like to, to live life and enjoy my kids and, and spend time with them and do all those things as well. When I, when I get older.
0: Yeah, definitely i bet these things trade for good multiples i don't know i'm just taking a guess right now because they have recurring revenue huh
1: yeah um pest control is is one of the the higher trading companies uh because it is recurring um it's low ticket value so you're not you're not uh relying on one single customer um it's so spread out that it's it's really low risk in acquiring um every acquisition you're going to have some attrition and that's just part of the game but yeah, they they usually, for a company our size, typically you can get three to five times earnings. Um, if you get into the five to ten million dollar revenue, um, those can jump up to you know seven to fifteen even. So they they can they can sell for pretty good. One guy just sold his company for thirty one times earnings. Um, I think the private equity company got fleeced, but um, he's done working so. <laughs>
0: and probably his kids and grandkids
1: yeah yeah so yeah it's a good industry to be in and it's a good industry to exit as well
0: nice nice well cool well thanks for uh jumping on the owner operator podcast i get so much life and energy from interviewing people like you it just makes me so happy that there are people who are my age and younger jumping in being willing to get their hands dirty i mean y'all heard the story he didn't just sit back behind a computer and go hire the people right out the gate that he's been knocking doors for years and then took that experience and, and has kept it rolling to grow the business. Um, and I feel like, you know, I feel like, like being on X right now or Twitter or whatever, there's so many people talking about this acquisition space and, you know, let's go buy a business right out the gate. And I think a lot of people you know, who want to be in this entrepreneur entrepreneurial game think that, you know, buying a, a business with an SBA loan is going to solve all their problems and it's going to be super easy. And the reality is like, I was just talking to, um, do you follow Mike Botkin? Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to him the other day and like, like you look at a guy like that, he's very good at his craft and, he did a thread on just sort of the ups and downs of that. And he went and did a big roll up in the space. And I think that there are people who that that acquisition entrepreneurship is, is very well suited for, but I don't think that that game should be taken very lightly. There's obviously a lot of risk involved. Uh, There's a lot of big money playing around and there's a lot of work that goes into it. And so I think people like Mike have done a great job, but I don't think that that's for everybody. And kind of the third reason for starting this podcast was just to showcase people like you that, hey, you don't have to go buy a business right now. You don't have to go take out multi-million dollars debt with this SBA game. You can start a business from the ground up, but in order to do that, it just takes some dirty work in the beginning. Like you gotta be willing to get your hands dirty in one way, shape or form, right? You said you hired the technician early on, but that was simply because you and your partner knew that you were going to go generate sales, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're exactly right. There's no substitute for hard work, whether you start your own or you acquire or what it is there, there is no golden ticket where even if you buy a company for a ton of money that has operators in place, if you don't know how to operate, if you can't do that yourself, if those guys call in sick, you're toast. If those guys quit, I mean, your whole company just fell apart. If those guys say, well, I want to stick around, but I need double my salary because you don't know how to run this company yourself. You, you, you've given up all your freedom. So you have to know how to operate in your industry. You have to work hard. And, uh, I mean, there's so many people on, on X that, that pretend, like you said, that it's just so easy, but you look at guys like gas biz guy, who started as a gas station attendant and now, you know, really rakes it in. It's not because he was just hanging out at gas stations and just got a a huge opportunity. No, he worked hard. He figured it out. He worked his way up the ladder. He bought his first station. Now he, he really gets after it. And that's every single successful entrepreneur has that same common thread. Every single one of them worked so hard in the beginning that now they can be a little bit more hands-off, but you can't substitute that with money. You can't substitute that in any way. You have to put that in at some point.
0: Yes, 100%, especially starting from the ground up. I mean, there is just so much work that goes in, especially whenever, and you mentioned it earlier, you were taking the calls, you were selling, you were hiring people, you're thinking about strategy, you're doing the bookkeeping, you're running the finances. Like those times early on, like you really just have to buckle down and make a bunch of big sacrifices. And then, you know, what I like about what you've done is you've identified like, where is your, best use of time as an owner and you've continually reinvested back in the business to grow and replace some of those roles you were taking on in the beginning. So if people listening want to start a pest control business, obviously not in Colorado, New Mexico, <laughs> Oklahoma, or where else did you say? Uh, Kansas. Kansas. There you go. Um, if anybody else is out there looking to start a pest control business, like what, what would you, what would you tell them?
1: Um, Yeah. So on X, we've had quite a few people reaching out, asking if we do any consulting, helping them with an acquisition or starting their own or anything. So um, we did just unroll kind of a, a new consulting plan where if you want, it's kind of like a opposite of a franchise where we will sell our employee handbooks, our sales manuals, all of our IP, all of what we're doing. We sell that and then we offer consulting as well. Um, and so, uh, I've got a a link on our website that we can send over on that. Uh, we're, we're happy to help. If you just want consulting, if you want the IP, if you want whatever, um, yeah, we're already helping, uh, two guys in the space, start companies in different parts of the country. And, uh, yeah, we're, we're definitely here to to help. Like I said, we're not going to go national. So we're, we're happy to help guys start up in their own local markets and, uh, start, start making some bug money
0: bug money there you have it what's the price for that just curious
1: um so what we're starting off at if you just want the ip it's going to be 1500 bucks if you want ip plus a website and some initial seo that we've done um it's 2500 and then uh after that it's uh consulting at a hundred dollars an hour um and uh we we go from there and then um yeah we can we can get more information on that um if if anyone wants it
0: man that's a steal 2500 bucks and you get an seo optimized websites plus the handbooks and ip i mean that's like i'm not trying i'm <laughs> not trying to be your door-to-door salesman but if i'm starting a business right now in pest control i'm paying you the 2500 bucks no doubt about and, it and
1: once we get more people after this year we're hoping to help about six people so five to ten people start it up after we've got more of that done and we have more experience in consulting and we really know what we're doing, the price is going to go up significantly on that. So yeah, that is kind of the, uh, the discounted entry price for anyone that wants to get in this year. Um, and then once we've got enough people rolling on it, then, then we are going to up that cause we do realize that it is, it is a steal and our time is worth money.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you've put years and years of experience learning that, especially even from working at your last company too, and then taking all that that you learned there and, putting all the operations together from, um, what you've built on your own here. So there you have it. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the owner operator podcast. Stay tuned for the next episodes. Um, Casey, anything else you'd like to say to the listeners before we jump off?
1: Uh, I think that's it. Just, just, uh, you know, if you want to start your own thing, you, you gotta work hard, but it is possible. It doesn't matter if you're young or old find a mentor, just work hard, get after it. And uh, there's, there's money in the streets. You just got to go and find it.
0: There you have it. Work hard, do your best, never settle for less and good things come. We'll see you guys in the next episode.